The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Giant fans. Welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I am the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper, and with me, as always, is the beat writer of the Giant Insider, Chris Bizignano. And Chris, uh, real quick, just want to give a shout out to the media captain, our sponsor of this podcast, a web development and digital marketing firm for sponsoring us. If your business needs a new website or wants to generate more leads on Google and social media, visit themediacaptain.com. You'll deal directly with Jason Parks, the owner of the Media Captain, who is a diehard Giants fan. His first regular season game was in Cleveland in 1994, where Brad DeLuiso hit a game-winning field goal with 18 seconds left. If anyone remembers that game, which we do, uh, give the Media Captain a shout-out on Twitter. It's at the Media Captain. The Media Captain does great work with their in-house website developers and digital marketers and can be a game changer for your business. Make sure to visit www.themediacaptain.com to schedule a free consult. Chris, today is uh, 32 years, buddy. 32 yeah. years since Super Bowl 21, man. That is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, it really is. How fast did that go? Wow. Holy crap. But, uh, yeah, you saw it all over Twitter today talking about that great game, man. Uh, man, the time has flown. Um, just a great game, Jerry, right? I mean, brings back a lot of memories, man. Lawrence Taylor and Phil Simms' unbelievable performance. Banks on the defensive side. Just a great, just great memories, man. I was reading through people's tweets today, and yeah, uh, Giants.com has some, you know, a special thing on it. And um, uh, you saw it. I put it on Twitter. I actually got to talk to Banks a little bit about it, his memories, and and it was just a uh, just an unbelievable game, Jerry. I can't believe is that was thirty two years ago. Yeah, man, I was twelve years old. I I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember right. what I felt watching it. And look, I, I I'm a little younger than you. So I, I really got into the Giants in 83 when they were 3-12-1. and one. I remember that. I remember almost every game that year. And I, I just I remember at someone's house once making the argument that Rob Carpenter was better than John Riggins when yeah. I was like eight years old. That <laughs> right. was, a, a, I was the, right. the birth of a buf- the buffoon, really. Uh, right. <laughs> and I was eight years old and the grown-up was, um, you know, just humoring me like, oh, okay, yeah, really? And, um, and I, so I remember like, I, it's funny how vividly I remember 83, 84, 85, 86. And I remember in 86, I knew that my dad, even at 12, age 12 was a, he was a long suffering fan who had endured some horrible times. Like most giant fans, like you guys, like, like your old man. And I just, I remember even when I was 12, man, just being happy for him. Like, Oh, thank God they won for him. But I mean, I was happy for myself, yeah. but you know, he just even, as a kid, just feeling happy for that generation of giant fans, like that they finally got theirs, you know? Yeah, Jerry, you know, I remember being happy for my dad because, you know, he, you know, he was all obviously, you know, he went through the, you know, and I, listen, Jerry, I, you know, I went through a part of the wilderness years too in the seventies. So that 86 season, man, right. was, was something special because, you know, I do remember the Pesachic days and all that nonsense, you know, and, um, buffoonery. <laughs> The buffoonery was remarkable back then, Jerry. You know, um, it, and, and you know to to win a Super Bowl, you know, Jerry, in a time where you never thought 
you would see the Giants win a Super Bowl. If you live, yeah. you know, if you remember the 70s and um, like my dad and your dad remember the 60s, you know, when he's when he started becoming really bad, you know, the real the beginning of the wilderness years. And and then, you know, I, I picked it up in the mid 70s and stuff. And then, boom, you know, 86, they win the Super Bowl. There was a time, Jerry, you know, thinking about it, you know, sitting up in Giants Stadium in the 70s and all that, where I would say there's no way, you know, you see the Cowboys every year, you know, those teams. And you just said, man, there's no way the Giants are ever going to win a Super Bowl. And to turn that around, you know, when Parcells turned that around with George Young and all that, Jerry, and, and to beat Denver uh, it was a really a special time. And, um, you know, to, to, to talk, you know, to, to tweet about it and, and talk. Today I actually talked to one of the key members of that team, bring, brought back memories, Jerry, and it's like – you know, those guys, those football players, Jerry, on the 86 Giants, they don't realize, a lot of them do realize, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of them maybe don't didn't realize at the time how much, you know, what they did for the fan base. I Jerry. think they get it now, I think. Yeah, like Carl Banks gets it now. He yeah, really does. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll be the yeah. first one to say, man. They didn't realize it back then, Jerry, but what they did for the fan base was just unbelievable, buddy. Yeah, and, and you said the wilderness <laughs> years, and, and for those, I'm sure most of you know, but uh, the wilderness years for the Giants were basically 64 to 80. Uh, right. 17 years of just garbage football. That really started with the trade of Sam Huff, right? After 63, when they lost the championship game to the Bears, that they really shouldn't have lost. I think they lost that game 14 to 10. Tittle threw five interceptions. He had a, you know, his knee was shot. And, and really, it's one of those things where if the Giants just ran the ball, they probably would have beaten the Bears because one of those interceptions I know went for like an 80-yard return. And, right. and, and Huff was just like, stop throwing the ball, you know? And, and he, he wanted just the, the kind of a ball control because – they, they were so much better than the Bears team. So it's not a team that people think of when they think of blown opportunities. But the 63 Giants, uh, for your older fans, you know this better than I do, were exponentially better than the 63 Bears. And it started with the end of that game uh, up until really the drafting of, of the great Lawrence Taylor. And, and there's just the symbolism of, of, of a battered tittle, uh, bloodied. The, the, everyone's seen the picture a million times. Um, kind of symbolized that whole era in 1964 when that picture was taken in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. two copies of it, you know, in, in my basement, right. just as a reminder. One's right. on my, my old man's wall, and then that's the first thing you see when you open my basement door is that, and it's it's a <laughs> reminder of things can be bad again, and, buddy, <laughs> they kind Mitch. of are right now, so. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they are. Listen, you know, they're going through, a, you know, I'm not going to say wilderness years, but they're going through a, you know, a stretch right now where, you know, they got to start turning this around, you know? So, you know, the, the no playoffs, six of what, seven years, six, eight years, whatever it is. And six or seven, six or seven eight or 10, you know, I know there's a Super Bowl in there, but you know, us giant fans don't want to hear that. Right. Jerry, we want to get back in the playoffs yeah, and start yeah, doing some five year you know? window when you win the Super Bowl. I always say you have the five year window afterwards. Like, all right, they won the Super Bowl. I don't care what they do for five years. That, yeah. really, that really lasts an off season, right? And then as soon as that, the season starts, you're back into it again. Right, right, exactly, Jerry, exactly. I remember that, Jerry. I remember feeling like that in '86 when they won, and I was like, you know what? I'm good for ten years. If they, and then, you, and then you see the next year, and you're like, oh no, I want to go back to the playoffs. You know, <laughs> yeah, remember, you know. So in 2012, the opening game, they lost to Dallas. I was pissed. Like right, right away, right away right. I was like, oh, we stink. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, 87 was a strike season, so that messed everything up after the first Super Bowl, Jerry. Yeah, they, but they, I remember they, the 88. They opened up to the Bears, and then they lost at home to Dallas, and they lost on the last second. Uh, Allegre missed a field goal, I think, in that game to end it okay. week two. But week one, they got they got beat by the Bears. And right. I'm not looking this up. I swear to God, I think it was 34 to 19. I know that Tom Flynn had a touchdown on a on a block punt, 
And right. Terry Kennard actually had an interception. I don't think the offense did anything against the Bears that night. Right. And then you're right. Then they had like, so, what, five games of strike players. Right, right. So that season was ruined. And then 88. Hello? You there, Chris? I think we lost Chris. So uh, hopefully he calls back. Um, yeah, in 88. The oh, there you go. Chris. Game, you know, that heartbreaker where they were way better than the Rams. Yeah. Uh, Mark Collins is playing one leg. And, you know, a lot of Giant fans, uh, they felt that year kind of slipped away. They could have done some things that year, you know. And then the next year they win the Super Bowl. So got to get back to that, bud. Um, but, yeah, 86 was brought back a lot of memories, man. There, um, there was a pass interference before that touchdown, too. I don't know if it was on Collins or Sheldon White. I forget, but if right. we look it up, I'll look it up on YouTube afterwards because that's driving me right. crazy. I've been right for most of the things I've said tonight, right. I'm pretty sure. But that's one. Right. I forget who the pass interference was on, but people forget that play, too. Right. So, yeah, there was a few big plays in that. And, um, you know, and then going 90 in that great run with Hostler and all that. So, listen, bud, um, eight out of ten years, like we said here, with Eli and this organization. And I know there's one Super Bowl in 2011, but we got to get back to that. You know, um, and, uh, you know, Gettleman's down there right now at the senior bowl with Shermer and, you know, they're going to be looking at guys and let's see what happens in this draft. And hopefully we could, you know, we'll see what happens with will turn this, start turning this thing around, but. All right, buddy, let's, uh, let's get to the current roster. Um, uh, as much yeah. as I, I want to reminisce, I, I love doing it. Um, especially well, quickly, quickly, someone like Jay, you what, who knows uh, about as much as I do about the giants. So quick, quickly, Jay, what was your favorite memory of the 86 Super Bowl? That's tough, man. Um, I think there were so many plays, right? There's the Bavaro touchdown. There's the Martin safety. There's when McConkie let him out on the field. But they, he did that against the Redskins, too, at home. Mm-hmm. I think once I knew it was over, like when Morris ran around the end, and I think they went up, Bavaro got him to 16, got him to 17-10, I think. And then I think the next touchdown was Morris. And he made it, I think, 23 to, 24 to 10, I believe. That was probably where I felt like, all right, we mm-hmm. have it now. Because it looked like the Giants again. For the first half, it didn't. I mean, Denver did a good no, job. It was, it was a, a frustrating tough first, half. first half. As much as I love all the plays in that game, when Morris ran around the end and scored, it mm-hmm. was like, all right, we're back. We're going to win this. This is going to happen. Even though the game was, that was still in doubt. But I just felt like, all right, we got it now. What, 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 what about yours? Jerry, I remember that game. Um, we were so dominant that year, you know, 14-2, and two, and the defense was like one of the best in the league, if not the best, right? Yep. And we were, what, up only up, what, was it 10-9 at halftime, Jerry? Yeah, they were up. They were up. Uh, the Broncos were up 10-9 at halftime, and the Giants came up with that big defensive stop, right? Yeah. Right before half. And I felt better if, you know, it's for, you know, Jerry, and I'm talking, you know, I'm talking to Banks about it today, yeah. about – because I wanted to put it on Twitter, but what was his favorite memory? And you know what, Jerry, you see the pride. Like, this is what we got to get back. And I'm think, you know, I think Sherman's getting there, you know. Like, I'm talking to Banks today, and, he te- and he's telling me about how they, mo- they went down the field, the Broncos, and they were fuming in the huddle, Jerry. They were screaming at each other, saying, what are we doing here? Why are we letting this team move the ball on us? They were shocked they were moving the ball. And they said right there, Jerry, Banks said about how, hey, we got to get to stop here. We cannot let them get the end zone. And you, you pointed out to me on the phone today, Jerry, Lawrence Taylor came up with a big play, right? Yeah, it was Taylor stopped uh, Elway on a rollout. 
Right. He stopped the big play on the rollout. And then the third down play was a little pitch to Sammy Winder. And yeah. Banks came from the weak side and made a big play. And and that tur- Banks told me today that kind of turned around. They they were like determined after that, Jerry. They said that's it. We, we you know we gave them that half, and we're gonna kick their you know what in the second half, and they did, bud. Yeah, the, the did, score so. was ten seven at that point, and it was like, wow, are they gonna go up seventeen seven here? Uh, Jerry, I was like, you guys gotta be kidding me. We dominated this whole season, and, and I I didn't feel good in the first half. And I remember, and Parcells talked about it in America's game. The first play was made by Banks, or I'm sorry, Taylor. Second right. play was made by Carson up the middle. And then the third play uh, yeah. was made by Banks. And then right. George Carlos missed the field goal, with one of the shortest field goal misses ever. And right. then um, Giants didn't do anything. And then the next drive, they got the safety before the half. Yeah. So it went in 10-9. But, but know, yeah, that, that play by Banks was insane. Jerry, I tell you though, man, what when I think about that game, that McConkie play, that little flea flick, it really, <laughs> it always sticks out to me, Jerry, you know? Yeah, you know what? Oh. Um, Bavaro scored 17-10. Then Allegre made it 20-10. to Right. And then Morris made it twenty-seven to ten. Right. So the defense was just that was the, had that was the play where I just felt like this is over. We, we got it. But um, yeah. yeah, the flea flicker was after the the. I believe yeah. it was at, I don't, It wasn't after the uh, the fake um, punt, which everyone forgets the the Jeff Rutledge fourth and one that everybody right. kind of forgets. Right. That, big, that led to the right. Bavaro drive. Right. It was the, I think it's the next drive. I think McConkey yeah. getting to the one just and then three times, and then Morris running in. So anyway, I'm just yeah, just this, so. yeah, I don't, yeah. I want to hop on it too long. Just the Jim Burt thing, you know, Harry Carson. You know, he was winding up his career basically, and because yeah. you know, I remember Carson back in the wilderness days, Jerry, in yeah. the seventies. Yep. You know, and just to see the smile on his face, and yeah, it was just a great time, bud. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, dude. Um, if I ask you out of these four free agents. Three of which are okay. un- unrestricted, right? So if I ask you, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard, Benny Fowler, Corey yeah. Coleman, who had the most yardage and the most receptions out of those four? Oh, man. That's got to be Russell Shepard, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> who had the most receptions out of Shepard? Shepard, uh, Latimer, Latimer Fowler, Fowler, and Corey Coleman. I was shocked. I guess, I, I guess, I guess Latimer, Latimer in. Latimer had the most yards by... Right. by no, no, I'm sorry. Benny Fowler got both. Benny Fowler has both. What? Yep, 16 receptions for 199 yards. The, oh ne- the, the next one is Latimer with 11 for 190. Mm-hmm. Russell Shepard has two touchdowns, but okay. Benny Fowler had 16 receptions and 199 yards, and he wow. he led them. I uh, did not realize. I mean, obviously Latimer was hurt and all that, but, man, I did not realize Benny had more catches than him. But, listen, he's an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, Jerry, we're coming back with Beckham and Shepard. I mean, we know that, right? Yeah. But I got. I have to ask you now, you know, Latimer's an unrestricted free agent. Benny's foul is an unrestricted free agent. Soul's Russell Shepard, right? Yes. Um, yep. Who do you want back, bud? I mean, we need a third receiver, right? <laughs> if, if Eli Manning's my quarterback, I want Benny Fowler because he seems to love him. Um, right. But in all honesty, out of those, Although three, the last game out of those three, I'd go, go Cody Latimer. You know, the last game was a positive, right, Jerry? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. You know, a couple of nice, beautiful catches by Latimer. He does some things on special teams too. He's a big target in that red zone. Yeah. If we had to bring one guy back, I would like to see Latimer back healthy for sixteen games. Um, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do, Jerry. Do you see this team? You see Gettleman in the mid rounds or towards the latter rounds, the later rounds, drafting a receiver for a third receiver's position. Yes, I do. 
I think it's possible. Yeah, right? I, I definitely do. And I, I know that the Giants have to improve on defense. I get it. But I, they're not going to ignore offense. They can't ignore offensive line. And I also yeah. think they'll take a value pick later. They have a lot of picks. And if they don't stockpile to move up, I think one of those later pick, or well, one of those mid-round picks, I should say, would not surprise me if they use like a on a, a bigger receiver, kind of not mm-hmm. a, not a project, someone who's kind of ready to play. But um, look, with 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 Odell, with Shepard, with Ingram, you have weapons, so the guy could whoever they draft the kid could kind of take his time coming along. But it wouldn't stun me to take if they took a, a tall. Well, and you figure right, Jerry, and you figure if they do go that way, it, the kid's going to have some size to him, right? Right. Because they need some size in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. Listen, Corey Coleman did some things. I don't expect him back, Jerry. I could be wrong with that. Yeah. I don't expect him back. Yeah. Um, you know, Joel Davis is, seems like a decent little guy, right? A little player, right? I mean, you know, Russell Shepard's a good locker room guy, a good special teamer. So, Jerry, would it surprise me to see Russell back at a one-year deal, like a 1.1, something like that? No, it wouldn't. Yeah. You know, Latimer, you know, he did some things in special teams before he got hurt. I don't expect Fowler back, you know, but and I don't expect Corey Coleman back, Jerry. I have to be honest with you. So I could see a Russell Shepard or even a Latimer back. Well, how about you? Gettleman likes Shepard. Shepard's a good special teams player. He's a good locker room good, two guy, uh, uh, guy, Jerry. He really likes that about him, Gettleman. Yeah, I, it wouldn't stun me if those two came back. I think I don't. I think, I think you're right. I think Corey Coleman won't be back. Right. I, I think they'll find another uh, returner. And let's be honest, man. How important is a kick returner in this day and age when everything goes into the end zone? I'm not saying they're not important, yeah. like, but they're not like they, not like it used to be, where you had Devin Hester back there. I mean, right. punt returner is important, but right. I mean, kick returner, I, I don't know. I mean, how many times you get to return the ball anymore? It seems. Yeah. And I and I think the Giants liked the kid that got hurt last year. What's his name? Jerry Henderson. Well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Quadri, you know, Quadri. Yeah. I think the Giants like him. You know. They, you know, he he wasn't bad, Jerry, and then he got hurt, you know, and all that. But so I I can see them penciling this kid in for next year, you know, um, the return kickoffs and even return punts, you know. So I, I don't expect, like we just said, I don't expect Coleman and I don't expect Benny Fowler back. Uh, Latimer and Shepard are two guys. I, I could definitely see them back another year, Jerry. Yeah, me too. I think uh, I think it's – now, do you negotiate? Now, Shep- but- now, Sterling Shep's in his last year, right? Yeah. Next year. Um, do you start? What would you, GM Foley? I mean, do you start thinking about a contract extension for him? What, what do you do with Shep after next year? He's got I, mean- he's got, I got to see what he does this year. I love his attitude. Right. I love his blocking. Right. He's got to. He's got to be a little more consistent, and he's got to um, get a little more yards after the catch. I, I, I don't think you make that move until after the season's over. Right. So you 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 want to see what the production he has next year? Yeah, unless he absolutely you know, blows up next year with twelve hundred yards or something. Well, um, yeah, and then you try to he's not going to want to sign at that point. I think you have to yeah. wait the year to see what you do with him. So Giants are in. Listen, going into twenty nineteen, Jerry, the Giants are in good position because they have obviously Odell and Sterling Shepard. You know, so that that so the mystery here, not the mystery, but what they're going to have to do is figure out who's that number three, and you like to see that number three. You know, like to see a little size on him from that slot, yeah. you know, or throw him on a wide in the red zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so to me, that's the question mark, right? Going to 2019, who is going to be the number three receiver? And in, in today's game, Jerry, you know, you need a number three. Yep. You know, I know, don't get me wrong, I know Sherman did a lot of 12 personnel and all that in the second half of the season, but you need that number three guy. You know, you like, you got, you, you want that. 
that slot guy or that big target throw him on a wide in the red zone. That's something that Eli's really missed, Jerry, the last few years, that big, big kid in that red zone. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time he had that? I mean, it seems like... Pla- uh, Plex, right? Ke- Plex? And Kevin Boss for a bit. No, I'm talking about receiver-wise. No, I know, but so, a tar- yeah. I'm just saying target-wise. Yeah. It seemed like he was comfortable with, with Boss and... Yeah, Plax was really the last one. Now, see, Jerry, see, to me, now, we got to get some more scheme going next year. Why? Because we got the big kid in Ingram. I know. So you got to use him like the Patriots use him with Daniels. He'll use, he'll line up Gronk on the out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, You know, when you got old down to the side, so we could do something scheme-wise, which I think you will next year with Sherman, Jerry, where Ingram was a force, Jerry, the last four games of the year. He was a force. He really turned, he, and, and he looked faster than ever, too, to me. And, He's a weapon. At, uh, listen, we tweet about it all the time, Jerry. Sherman has to decide. He he has to come up. This is the coaches. This is why he gets made, paid millions. He has to come up with schemes that when Odell's on the field, yeah. we're on the 25-yard line or the 20-yard line, obviously Odell's going to be on the field. Hey, we got to get Ingram in this thing to, going too, man. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Because he's a big kid. You could throw fades to him. You could get him one-on-one outside. You know, that's where it comes. This is where the coaches come and play, Jerry. Absolutely right. Um, before we get to the Twitter questions, give me a, let me give a second shout out to our sponsor, the Media Captain, for sponsoring this podcast. If your business needs a new website or wants to get more leads on or e-commerce sales from Google or Facebook, visit themediacaptain.com. You work with the Media Captain, you'll deal directly with Jason. Uh, he will not only help your business build a sh- stunning website and increase its online presence, he'll partake in some great Giants conversations with you. Visit www.themediacaptain.com for a free consult and just mention anything Giants related and he'll know you came from our podcast. So as I like to um, spout out, um, spout off stats and things like that, I have to admit when I'm wrong, the Mars score made it 26 to 10 because of 9 plus 7 plus 7. So, um, okay. yeah, so I was wrong. And, and then there was a, th- a field goal in there too. So the, Bavar- the rain man, the rain man misses oh, it's, one. It was oh. more, it's more math than it is rain man. Actually it's, it was more math. You're yeah, right. You, so you, still, a, you still knew what happened. <laughs> I, I'm not a quant. So, um, and that's not that, that that's not quantitative analysis, but I, I, you know, I can't add. So it was 16, to, it was 16 to 10. And then it was, um, 19 and then, or, or, or 20, whatever, uh, Morris and a, and a field goal. Anyway, Morris's touchdown is the one I remember. Anyway. So, um, let's get to the, uh, the Twitter questions. <clears throat> Keith declare, uh, at Keith Wex 92 asks a great question. Um, and I told him, I can't wait to answer it. Being from Ireland, I can't understand why there's so many cowboy fans in New York. What's the deal with that? I'm not even a New Yorker and it sickens me. Also, what's worse, a New York Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan in general? Let me take this one first. This is tough to answer. The second part of that is really tough to answer. I've always said Eagle fans make sense in that at least they root for the home team. So if I have any respect, it's the fact that they keep it real. They're dirtbags, but they keep it real. Mm. A Cowboys fan. So Keith from Ireland, the reason there's Cowboy fans in the Northeast is mainly because of the 1970s and the blackout rules and and the, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Vikings, they were always on TV. And the Giants stunk. And back then, it was, you know, whoever was on TV, teams kind of, uh, fans kind of gravitated towards. So from that 64 to 80 period, the Northeast lost a ton of would-be mm-hmm. Giants, Jets, and Eagles fans because all three of those teams stunk. So mm-hmm. that's why. And then the 90s didn't help with the Aikman years. So that's why, Keith, 
you had all those foreign teams, what I call foreign teams in other cities, uh, playing, and that's what teams, that's what fans were able to see. Um, they didn't. Yep. They, a, lot, a lot of times, um, you know, the Giants sold out, but the Giants were a terrible team. So there you have it, Chris. You, you want to expand on that at all? Yeah, you know, you hit it right in the head. A lot of the younger, you know, generation that, you know, that's now, you know, Giant fans and listen to us and all that, they don't remember the days of blackouts and, you know, and they didn't, you know, the Giant stunk. So all you saw was the Cowboys, Raiders, like you said, Jerry, right? So yeah. a lot of people did fall in love with those teams because they won a, a lot. The Giants didn't. Yep. And they were on TV a lot, man. It's not like, you know, there was no NFL packages back then. You know, and all that. So that that is the main reason, bud. You you hit it on the head, and and, uh, and it happened to the Jets and Eagles too. They were terrible. The Jets were terrible. Yeah, and the yeah. Eagles. You know, Eagles really, except for maybe a few years, like nineteen eighty, but they weren't good either, really. You know, so. But, but Keith, to answer your question. What's worse, I can handle, I can stomach the Cowboys winning a little more than the Eagles, only because I just don't take their fans so seriously. Because I, I can't because of all that. Because of the fact that I think they're, I think what I call a Northeast fraud. When you root for a team far away, so. Okay. Uh, all right. Peyton Combs at I am Peyton. If it's not too late, do you think Gallman will be on the team next year? Yes. Chris? <laughs> do, do, I'm sorry, Jay. Does he think who's going to be on the team? Gallman. Wayne Gallman? Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah. I expect Wayne Gallman back. Yeah, definitely. John, I, I forgive me if I don't pronounce your name right, bud. Ayalegio at not John 44 what do you make of this new article that came out today in Giants 24-7 that the Giants are very interested in Drew Locke from Missouri? I don't know much about him. Um, oh, thanks, buddy, because this goes on to give us a compliment. I don't know, man. It, it's just so early. I, yeah. The, anything you're hearing is pure speculation because it, 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 the, at least Gettleman is a steel trap compared to what Jerry Reese was. Um, and, and Mark Ross, they, they, they seem to leak out a lot of information for whatever reason or somehow – uh, but I, dude, I don't. I have no idea what the Giants think of Drew Locke. He has a great arm. Uh, he has accuracy issues. He reminds you of uh, of Jay Cutler, kind of with a better attitude. Yeah, listen, folks, don't get too caught up in what you're reading about right now. About all oh, they. I also read today. Oh, they really impressed with Daniel Jones and all that. <laughs> listen, I'm not even going to bother with it, Jerry. Uh, you know, it's way too early for that. As far as saying, oh, the Giants are hot on Drew Locke. They're going to draft him. I would not get caught up in any of that right now. No yep, way. Yep. Because you know what, Jerry? This is the time of year now. You know, the draft games are going to start. Oh, the Giants are hot on this guy, so they're going to draft this. They're not going to draft this. You know what I mean? Yep. So uh, I'm not even getting caught up with that stuff. You know, who they like. They really love this quarterback. They don't like this quarterback. Please, we don't know what Gettleman's thinking. You know, so. Uh, big Blue Thoughts at Big Blue Thoughts. I know I'm getting a bit of – oh, look at this. We answered this question. I know I'm getting a bit ahead to the draft, but is there any chance the Giants draft a wide receiver in later rounds? Uh, oh, he's, oh. he's taking the GMAT next week, and he can't tell us – I can't tell you how much I am looking forward to listening to this as a study break. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, we, we answered that. I think they will take yeah, a wide receiver in the draft. Absolutely. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. We appreciate the compliment. That's very cool. Um, Chris, I don't know if you saw this, but Bryce Harper, New York, uh, NY. Oh, oh. Our buddy. He might want to change it to Bryce Hopper, Philadelphia. That's where he's going. <laughs> Thoughts on Derek Carr versus the first take feud. So did you see that, Chris? Is that serious, Jerry? I mean, Stephen A. Smith and, and Max Kellerman, man. They're just, listen. No, but is Derek Carr serious about that, Yeah, Jerry? because Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith basically called into question his heart, which I think is insane. Okay. Uh, 
Me too. You know, I saw that on his Twitter account and all that, but I wasn't quite sure if Carr's messing with them or not. But I, but what, what's the story with that, Jerry? They Cal- challenge uh, his heart. Max and then Kellerman, Kellerman and said, like, he doesn't want it. You can see when a quarterback doesn't want it and they're going to move on for him, from him and maybe draft Kyler Murray. Um, really? I just think it's you got stones to say something like that about a guy like Derek Carr who I think is surrounded by garbage. I mean, I, I think he's a – if the Giants if, if the Giants plan next year – is to is if they move on from Eli and they get Derek Carr and they get him for like which they wouldn't but if they got him for like twenty million, I'm on board with that. I, I would love Derek Carr in, in New York or New Jer- in the swamps of Jersey. I, you know, I I just don't get these guys questioning football players' hearts. Yeah, this, isn't this the same Derek Carr that would basically go to make a run maybe to the Super Bowl a couple years and then he got hurt and ruined the whole like an playoff? MVP of the league candidate a couple of, uh, years. I, ago. You know what, Max Kellman, I, I don't even know what his buffoon is i know he likes to shoot his mouth off he doesn't know crap about football the other guy is naming plays that aren't even on the rosters yeah I, I, so i gotta be honest with you jerry I, i'm just curious and i i wasn't quite sure if david Carr was messing with them when he put that on twitter or, or he hates them that much I, but you're telling me that's like kind of like a, you know he kind of hates them you're telling me right so um I, if i was david Carr, i wouldn't even acknowledge those buffoons existence i really wouldn't um it's a shame that guys call out people's hearts you know from a studio max kellerman looks like he has never played a sport in his life yeah um you know probably i i mind you jerry i don't consider hopscotch a sport <laughs> which he looks like he might have excelled in okay with his hair gel and his and his nose and then you got stephen a smith who can't even name guys on the NFL rosters? I mean, and I mean, if I was, if I knew Derek Carr, I don't obviously. I'd be like, Derek, why are you even paying attention to guys who have permanent residences in Buffoonville? You know, so I, I, I don't get it, Jerry. I don't get it. You know, guys have never played a sport in their life, and I don't mean playing two on two with your friends on a corner, a sport. You know, ripping guys' hearts. I, I don't get it. Yeah, and and look. For those social media, for, 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 yes, the, right, for, the young, for the younger people out there, it, there was a time when ESPN was relevant because that's where you got your highlights, right? Before smartphones, um, you, you know. Now you want to score, you just go to your phone. What's going on? What's uh, what's the score of the game? Sports Center in the '90s was it? Like you had to watch and wait for ESPN to happen, right? You had to wait for Sports Center to come yeah. on. So now they're. I just look at ESPN as if they didn't do the thirty for thirty. They're completely irrelevant from what they used to be. So now you have to have idiots like this just saying things to get attention. And unfortunately, Derek Carr took the bait. And now he's challenging them to the octagon, which I think is kind of funny. But, yeah. dude, just Derek Carr, come on. Just move on, man. You're better than this. Yeah, you're better than that, Derek. Please. I know I know. it must be tough listening to these guys rip you apart, question your heart. and But, man, try to move on from that, man. You just realize where it's coming from. Patty F. at Scorpio in 1968. Is taking a quarterback at six a, uh, this year a reach? I'm not hearing glowing reviews. Patty, uh, I think these guys are going to rise. You know, you're, all of a sudden you're going to see Haskins in, in top three and Murray, and I don't necessarily agree or disagree, but as the combine happens, as these, as more things happen, as coaches see them in shorts throwing and doing things, uh, you know, on the practice field, they're going to fall in love with them. So, yes, I, it wouldn't stun me if – it wouldn't stun me if Haskins – um, Murray and a, a combination of Locke or Jones moved into the top 10. I don't know it'll happen, but it wouldn't stun me. So is it a reach? Uh, I think a lot of teams aren't going to consider it a reach. I think a lot of teams are going to be going for these guys. Yeah. Uh, this time of year, you see people 
fly up the, the charts, right, Jerry? Yeah. Oh, I mean, even even Baker Mayfield, they wasn't you know they won't talk about him being a number one pick this time last year. Yep. You know, so you know, this guys could either go drop right about now, you know, as we go through the Senior Bowl and workouts, and then the combine, obviously, and people looking at tapes and all uh, the film of these guys, and you know, they've been looking at film of these guys for a while, you know. So I don't know, would it be reach? Would it be reach for the Giants to draft the quarterback number six? I, I, no, I mean, if Gettleman falls in love with somebody, no, you know. We'll right, see. Listen, yeah, we don't know. A guy like Drew Locke or the other kid Jones, kid might have unbelievable combines, might have a great senior bowl, and, and they fall, and they really like him, Jerry. So, no, I wouldn't consider it a reach. I don't think it's going to happen, bud, but I wouldn't consider it a reach, no. <laughs> There's a lot of questions, guys, so I apologize for not getting to all of them. I'm trying to get to the best ones. Sleepy Manny at Manny P204. I like this one, and I'm laughing because I'm thinking of <laughs> how much draft work do you guys do? Not sure if you mentioned it or not. Uh, Sleepy. Chris sits at home and watches the combine and has his own stopwatch and basically doesn't trust what's on TV. Now, I mean, um, how much draft work, you know, we, we watch the combine. We um, actually, Detino asked us, uh, are one of you going out there? And um, media captain, if you're listening, if you pay for the, the flight, one of us will go out there. But yeah. um, Well, and the paper has up, you know, the giant inside of publication has our own little Yeah, no, we do. We have a ton of it in, in the insider. Um, yeah. We rely on uh, Dave Syvertson uh, from Our Lads, who is really a, a, a excellent, excellent guru. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he nailed so many guys in last year's draft, not only where they would go, but um, – you know, how, how good they would be their rookie years. And, and, you know, his two biggest guys, his two favorite guys from the start were Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley. Now, I don't think Saquon Barkley is that much of a stretch because he was so good. Baker Mayfield, there are a lot of question marks around him. And he yep. had him. He's like, no, this is my guy. It's, 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 yep. it's Mayfield he, and Barkley. Yeah, Dave loved Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Loved him. So and he was right on ahead. So, so I, guys, I, get the yeah. giant inside him, man, because it's going to be coming out next month and stuff about the draft preview and all these college kids. Look at you with the plug. And as 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 it gets closer, we do a lot more research on it and the combine, yeah. and we're watching that. So, I mean, outside of watching college football guys right now, it's, it's like we're we're kind of in a lull until after the Super Bowl and free agency starts. So, uh, Dubs Dribble, buffoon crew member at at Dubs Dribble, way too early for predictions for next season's record. Regardless of personnel, what's your non-buffoon <laughs> buffoon crew, parentheses 16-0, and 0, that's funny, guess at their win-loss record? Worried at all about a sophomore slump from 26 that the line isn't better? Absolutely not, as long as he stays healthy. He will be awesome, probably be better than this year. Um, too early to tell, dude. 8-8, eight and eight. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that. I have no idea. Well, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen next year. Schedule-wise, free agency, all that. So I'm sorry, bud, but... I have no idea. No way I'm going to predict anything like that. Way too early for that, bud. Uh, Johnny J- Johnny at J Paracelli. Uh, buddy, thinking about you, by the way. Um, uh, you lost a, a member of his family. As, uh, as, I'm sure you guys all saw we uh, put the uh, the GoFundMe for his, uh, for his dog. Unfortunately, died. Um, hey, guys, do you see us being able to supplement the weaknesses in the secondary and D line all this year? In my opinion, if they keep Landon Collins, they'd still need three guys in the secondary, at least two on the line. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, it's it's going to be through free agency and the draft. I, I think they're going to concentrate more on the draft at that, but uh, depending on and, – and we'll start doing free agency after the Super Bowl, seeing who's available. We'll go through all the free agents, what the cap ramifications could be. But it'll it'll be a combination of the two, man. Yep, no doubt. I mean, you, you know, you very, very, very good chance they draft a defensive lineman with the sixth overall pick. 
and then and then you have you know a bunch of other picks you could address the secondary or via free agency. So yeah, I, I don't Johnny, I don't think there's any question they're going to address that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this year they. Yeah, you don't yep. want to over you don't want to overspend um, in free agency like they did a few years ago, uh, because once you do that, you know then you're you, you have the, the what we got this year where you're you're paying guys way too much money, then you end up trading them, um, and uh, you know it's 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 not a way to build a team. It's you got to supplement through free agency, um, mm-hmm. and then you you know you you kind of you you build through the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, we're 35 minutes in. I got one last question, and I have okay. a, a ridiculous name that I'm going to read to you, buddy. Uh, Jufro at Jacob Jufro. Realistically, Chris, how can the Giants become a Super Bowl team again? <laughs> we'll end it on that note, buddy. What do you got? Um. Well, we basically said that, right? Yeah. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to build that defense up and build the offensive line and see what we do with quarterback, you know? So we'll see uh, all that, but we, we've, we've been discussing it for a while now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so the next podcast guys, we're, we're going to go through the rest of the giants on un- unrestricted free agents. We'll pick our buffoons of the week. Uh, we'll drop that on Monday. We won't, um, there'll be no delay in it. And we had no football this weekend and uh, we'll preview the Super Bowl later in the week, but um, we're going to try to go through the rest of the unrestricted free agents, name our buffoons of the week. And then um, on for on next Thursday, um, maybe we'll start going through. Uh, we'll, we'll preview the Super Bowl, and then we'll start going through other issues with the Giants. And then beyond after the Super Bowl, that's when we'll start getting into free agency. Somewhat the draft, we'll have some guests on. We have some guys lined up actually now. Uh, one of which is probably Dave Syverson, and then there's a few other surprises as well. So um, we're going to keep it interesting over the next few weeks. And uh, just when you think there's nothing to talk about, we're still going to be talking about the Giants all day, every day, because uh, you know it's in our lifeblood. So. Um, but thank you all for listening to the Giant Insider podcast. Uh, those of you interested in the Giant Insider newspaper, go to www.thegiantinsider.com or go to Magster for a digital copy, uh, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com. Chris, anything else? Anything you want to end with, bud? Uh, wanna, no. Wanna, we'll talk about how you talked to Carl Banks again today or no? Are you good? Are you being a wise guy right now? <laughs> Are you being a wise guy right now? Oh, no. I mean, we wanted to talk about Super Bowl memory. I mean, today was the anniversary and uh, the date, right? I know. What better way to awesome. get an insight, a little inside view from the from '58? No, that was incredible, buddy. Absolutely awesome. You know, this is what I deal with, folks. A wise guy. I mean, you know, here here we are. Here's a guy coming up with a key play, discussing it, and you're being a wise guy. He was basically the best player on the field the entire playoffs, too. So, yes. I uh, yeah. Yeah, so you know, it was <laughs> and, a great and day. Yeah. Like, and he's in my speed dial. And, and and by the way, to that question about the Dallas Cowboys, I'm still harping on that. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't go. care. You could answer that. I, can, I, I don't care. There's nothing more <laughs> pathetic to me than like listening, oh, listening, listening to like a New York accent and and then having like a Troy Aikman jersey on. Like it's just it just reeks of fraud. I mean, I'm, I'm, can I say something? I, wait, real quick. I've been at tailgates where I see like Dallas fans, and I'll just ask them. So, who do you like in baseball? Oh, the Yankees. Oh, what about the what about hockey? Oh, the Rangers. Oh, so what happened in football? Well, my dad is a Star was a Starbuck fan, so I like the I like the Dallas Cowboys. Go ahead, All Chris. Right. What do you and, got? And and go ahead and what? Does that really annoy you that much? I hate it. it. Drives me crazy. Okay, I'm gonna give. You, I'm gonna tell you something else too that's gonna really annoy you. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Tony Rome was the best analyst 
on television. Okay, folks. Thanks for listening to the Giant Insider Podcast. All right, guys. Well, the best analyst in football. Isn't he? Ending it up. We'll we'll pick that up Monday. We'll start with that. The guy's going to get an extension of $8 million a year because he's the best in television. Complete buffoonery. I don't care what anybody says. Why? Because he's a cowboy? No, it's because he can't clear his throat. And I don't care about him being, I don't want my color guy to be a seer. I don't need to know what play's coming. That doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, you know, what? like. Nobody's saying he's the, the prophet Ezekiel, buddy. I'm just saying the guy, it, if you don't like what that guy brings to the table, there's something wrong with you. Oh, here comes a run to the right. Yeah, dude, I don't care. I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? I don't want to know what's happening next. That doesn't impress me. I don't care. I, you I don't, don't like his enthusiasm? No, it drives me. You know what, dude? I'm, I'm not doing oh, that. Oh, so what would you rather have? A guy going like this? No, oh, okay. I want Phil, yeah, I want so Phil Sims. Right I want, wait, you got a problem with Phil Sims? I want Phil Sims back. I want Phil Sims back. I don't have a problem with Phil Sims. I'm just telling you that Romo's the best in the business. All That's right. all. You know what, guys? Sundays are giant days. We'll pick that up Monday. Take care, Chris. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you later. <laughs>